0: What is up, everybody? You are listening to Curious with Jake Heilbrunn, and I am your host. This show is all about sitting down with people I find curious and having real, raw conversations to understand what goes on in their mind. How do these people think? What struggles are they facing? And how do they overcome obstacles? And most importantly, we're going to keep it real. My favorite conversations are the ones where we talk about the shadow as well as the light, I want to know about these people's fears and insecurities and doubts just as much as I want to hear about their successes and wins, because this is what I believe empowers us to recognize that we're all humans doing the best we can, and that understanding these things allows us to feel acceptance about where we are right now, and we can have some tools and takeaways from these people to improve our lives. Today's guest is Rayan Mustafa. Ryan is the CEO and founder of Soul Much Foods, and they are notorious for their incredible cookies that are made from ingredients that would otherwise be thrown out. They have saved close to 10,000 pounds of food and are making a powerful dent in the food waste crisis, turning what would literally be trashed food into tasty, delicious, gluten-free vegan cookies. And I'm not just saying this. These cookies are freaking incredible, and I've consumed over 50 myself. But what's even better than the cookies is the mission and purpose behind them to close the gap in the food waste crisis. This is a super fun interview I literally had trouble sleeping after because I felt so high off our conversation. We dive into how Rayanne was haunted by the food waste she witnessed in the restaurant industry and how she turned that nagging feeling into a company and a purpose-driven movement. We discuss how to become aware of your inner feelings and act on them to spark change, Purpose and start something that matters. This episode is packed with lots of golden wisdom nuggets, and I'm excited for you to tune in and hear the epic story of Rayanne and Soul Much Cookies. So please, without further ado, today's episode with Rayanne Mustafa.
1: Right now I'm reading, a I'm th- let my people go surfing and I've had everyone tell me to read it, <sighs> so but I actually good. haven't actually read it yeah. until my friend, Tra- you might know Travis. Travis was like, Ray hey, you need to read this. And it's so funny because I'm relating to everything that he's saying in the book because it's like, I wish that people talked more about the harder times because seeing Patagonia now, it's so hard to relate to that company. Yeah. Even though we're like, oh, I want to be the Patagonia food, but seeing it's hard to relate to that, but now I wish and I hope that more people talk about the hard moments and what it really takes because that's really it. when moments like right now, for example, we came back from London a month and a half without revenue, like that really hurt our small business. So it, it's it's hard. Like there are hard moments. So yeah, let's.
0: Heck yes. Have you read um, Shoe Dog by the founder of Nike?
1: Ah, no, but that is a lot okay. Of that one list.
0: was like my favorite one, Shoe Dog, okay. because. Um, if you're cool, we could just – I usually like we'll start it, but yeah. I, I actually love this Let's the way go. we just started, so mm-hmm. we can be rocking it. Um, what I loved about his book is it only goes up until the point that they they go public, but mm. up until that point, it's like a – it's a grind. Like he's mm. barely making payday, and so it, it just put into perspective – and I've heard Tom Bilyeu, the founder of um, Quest Bars, talk mm. about the same thing. It's just kind of this crazy like grind over years after years, and then all of a sudden, one day like – the only difference is your bank account has like a wire for millions of dollars or whatever it is or, or your you know net worth yeah which is crazy but no one or at least in this world of social media you don't know like the challenges and like the pain and the ups mm. and the downs and the uncertainty that like comes with all of that
1: yeah and i think it's now it's slowly becoming more acceptable to show that raw vulnerable side but it's still like even I was telling the team I was like you guys maybe we should you know post about this and that and we all were a little bit hesitant to talk about how hard it is because it's so much easier to talk about the celebratory moments when things are good but yeah, I, I think being able to relate to example, even the Quest, even you talking about the, the founder of Quest Bar or even Nike, hearing that grind in and grind out, I'm like, oh, I can relate to that. That's yeah. where we're at right now. And it feels like sometimes there's no end in sight. Like, is this just going to be how it is forever? Yeah. Um, but yeah, seeing that there are examples out there is is what keeps it going for sure.
0: A hundred percent. And I know when I see those, it like makes me more like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not the only one feeling this. Mm-hmm. And it like there's something about that vulnerability that's just so refreshing. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so I have a million questions for yes, you. Yes, so yes, much yes, cookies yes. are. You guys are probably like my favorite food company. <laughs> period. Like I, every like half the reason Thank I go to the you. farmers market is to see you guys and eat your espresso cookies. All of them, <laughs> but the espresso are my favorite. Before we get into like all the questions, can you take us back to like what was the spark for so much?
1: So I always say that we were not a cookie company seeking upcycled ingredients at all. We, Chrissy and I, we were working in the restaurant industry seeking a solution to the food waste. And then the cookies were birthed out of that. So we really, really were just two servers at a restaurant frustrated seeing our chefs throw away huge amounts of uh, untouched edible rice, specifically rice and quinoa being thrown away every night. And we're like, this is outrageous. This cannot keep happening. And what it was a series of events that had gotten it. I wouldn't say it was just one aha moment, but one of them in particular was one night after closing, we saw my chef throw away this entire pot of untouched rice, threw it away. And I just remember that moment so distinctly. And then after closing the restaurant, it was right on Fashion Valley near Friars Road. It's just in San Diego. Um, but we I saw a man holding a sign. It was like 12, maybe midnight, maybe even 1 a.m. And he had said, I don't need money. I'm just starving. And it was so contrast just because one hour ago, I'd seen this entire pot of nutritious rice and quinoa being thrown away. So that was like step one. And then the next day, exact same thing happened again. See my chef throw away the exact pot of rice being thrown away. He just made too much. No one ate it at the end of the night. And But this time I was like, wait, chef, stop, don't throw it away. I'll take it. And, he and this is just, me, like,
0: rice or, like, rice flour? like
1: Just cooked rice out of a rice cooker. Okay. Ready, like, delicious, ready to go, but just rice, plain rice, <laughs> rice and water. And he's like, Ray, what the hell are you going to do with 50 pounds of rice and quinoa? And I was like, I don't know, chef. I'll do something. I'll, I'll go feed the homeless. And he's like, oh, you want to go feed the homeless? Okay. Go down to 17th Street in San Diego downtown if you want to feed the homeless. And I was like, okay. like sure i had no idea what that was and no idea where that was and so um here i am like okay now what do i do with this 50 pot and i was like hey i'll put it in this like rectangle those little rectangular trays that you take to go the big ones and chrissy walks up to me and she goes hey ray i heard that you want to go take this food to the homeless if you go do that i I would really love to be involved and i was like okay cool this chick's awesome like let's do it she she was one of my coworkers.
0: and Uh, just quick Mm -hmm. before that, like, were you guys just friends as servers or what was your guys' relationship?
1: We were actually not even that close. I'll be honest with you. Out of all the servers at the restaurant, I actually didn't, I just- her and i just never had the same schedules interesting and i do remember i remember one time we're out in the back of the dish pit and we're sorting like all this dirty silverware and she's like trying to talk to me about sustainability because she knows i'm really into sustainability and she's like so like what sustainability classes are you taking this year and like she's like trying to start a conversation with me and i was like okay this girl's really cool like she's really into sustainability and then she offered to do that and i was like wow this chick's really awesome Mm -hmm. so um so, yeah. So then I messaged her and I was like, hey, let's go take this this food down to downtown. I had no idea where it was. We get to 17th Street and if you've ever been there, it's like 10th City. It's getting a little bit better now, but it's one of the highest concentration of homeless people in San Diego. Wow. I had no idea. Walked up, we had packaged these food in individual portion sizes and just started handing them out to people. We literally took a mug and scooped up rice, wrapped them up in foil and just, yeah, that's what we did. And we got some amazing, amazing, amazing feedback. Like I remember one man, Your story literally sounds like I'm making this up, but I couldn't even if I wanted to. This man was like, wow, you have no idea how much this means to me. It's my daughter's seventh birthday and all she asked for was a birthday cake and I can't even get her food. And the fact that you gave us dinner tonight means the world. And I remember in that moment, I was like, this is the foundation of so much is like giving back, creating circular economy. And I had no idea what we were doing at that point not gonna lie it wasn't all pretty rainbows and butterflies there were some people like rice and quinoa no fried <laughs> chicken and i was like no just rice and qu- what's quinoa you know <laughs> i was like oh god what are we doing um and then we kind of realized that it's actually from our understanding it's kind of illegal or frowned upon to be giving food out like that to the homeless yeah. without any organization so we had to stop and when you
0: say you had to stop were you doing this like on a weekly basis or
1: we did it about three or four three or five times like different types of areas we went to ocean beach one area and we just handed them out ob um and
0: but mostly in downtown because that's where it really was and do you know what the rationale is behind that rule like my guess is my my thinking is maybe it's because like the food could go bad and then they could get sick but do you know what, what that why that rule is in place
1: i honestly have no idea and i love to question rules i'm not one to follow them um however chrissy is one to follow rules so we make a really good <laughs> mix because i'm one to break all the rules and she's one to follow them so it's a good balance between the two of us so she's like hey if we're going to keep doing this i'm not going to do this illegally and i was like okay well i'm going to keep doing this let's figure out what to do it legally so <laughs> uh
0: i love this partnership okay keep going
1: yeah she's literally the ying to the yang so um so then yeah so we kind of we're brainstorming, trying to think of things to do, and then I reached out to the San Diego Food Bank, I reached out to kitchens for good. I reached out to all these nonprofits like, "Hey, we have tons of food waste. Can you do something about it?" and then um and then my roommate actually was like, "Ray, it's not just true food because she was a waitress at PF Chang's she's like, "We have the exact same problem, but it's not just brown rice we're throwing it we're throwing away white rice too, and even double the amount." And I was like, wow, this problem, we realized that in that moment that this problem scaled way beyond just our restaurant. And we kind of were like, okay, we have to think bigger. We have to think bigger. We still didn't know what to do yet. So then this was what I say, the aha moment, because I was walking down the protein aisle at Sprouts and being a nutrition major and like super into that stuff, I was looking up a vegan protein powder that I wanted to purchase. And I read the first ingredient was dehydrated brown rice. And then the second ingredient dehydrated quinoa and i was like bingo this is the stuff that we are throwing away every single night why don't we that my first initial idea was like oh gosh why don't we take the rice and tell true food which is the restaurant that we had chrissy and i started at why don't we tell them to take this rice dehydrate it, turn it into a flour, and then use that flour to, they can sell like a true food, superfood powder. Like you have your, and then you take all the juice pulp, So you have your greens and your grains. Perfect. So here I am super excited about this idea. I call my mom and I was like, mom, I got the best idea ever. I'm going to convince true food to, to upcycle all the rice. And they're already buying rice flour for their dumplings anyway. Might as well just upcycle their own rice flour. And my mom goes to me and she goes, are you an idiot? Don't you dare give them that idea. That is your idea. You better take it and run with it. And I was like, me? Me? She's like, yes, you are going to start a company and you're going to do something with this.
0: No way. Your mom is the one that planted that seed. Oh, year. yeah. Mm-hmm. Is your mom an entrepreneur? Yep. makes a little little (laughs) bit more sense
1: yeah but it was because my mom was an entrepreneur my stepdad was an entrepreneur i resisted the idea of entrepreneurship because i knew how hard it was i saw my till my till today my parents are grinding it's not easy there i wouldn't say that they've you know they made it they can just sit back and relax no they're still grinding so to me i saw the corporate life as something so sexy right you have you have paid off days? Yeah. You, can, you can call sick and get paid? What? Like that was so beautiful because I'd see my parents like, there's no clocking in, clocking out. You're on, they're on it nonstop. And, but what I learned in life is that what you resist will persist. And here I am trying to resist that idea, but I couldn't, it was within me anyway. And it was, it was, The last aha moment was that night. I remember like that, the seed was planted. I wasn't ready to execute quite yet, but the seed was planted. And I was scrolling through Instagram at who knows what hour at night and a meme or a picture popped up and it was a black and white photo of a man holding a cardboard sign. And it had said, I always wondered why someone didn't do something about it. And then I realized I was somebody.
0: I just got chilled when you said that.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, until today, like even me, I, I, I realized I was like, damn, like, I think there's this mentality that it's, I, I don't know if there's a theory for it, but if you see a fire on the freeway, you think, oh, everyone else has already called 911. Well, I don't need to take care of it. Same thing with the food waste. I would see it night and night and be like, oh, there's a reason. There must be a reason why they haven't done something about it. Someone's going to take care of it. But I realized, no, like we can make that difference. And it, every action that we make is has started by someone right like everything has been started by someone and realizing that we are that person it was in that moment that i realized wow i can actually do something and um so yeah so kind of sat on the idea for a little bit and then
0: when you say sat on the idea so like I'm just curious about the timeline right so <laughs> well, so it's like the night, ha- the first night when you guys go to pass out food to the homeless mm-hmm. then how long after is this n- the epiphany and sprouts it's probably about a month later so a month later mm-hmm. and then now it's like you're sitting with the idea mm-hmm. my mom was like
1: you better make a business
0: yeah. I was like "Mom, I don't
1: want to make a business I
0: don't I, want I to I want my pay time off
1: I, I was like, Time off. and she's like are you kidding me she's like you love nutrition you love sustainability there's no other business that you could work for that would do exactly what you want to do and solve this problem so i was like yeah damn she's right like i love nutrition i love sustainability like how do i combine them um so then probably maybe two weeks had passed by this is before i even mentioned this to chrissy yet um and then i saw a flyer on sdsu's campus and it said have an idea win five thousand dollars And I was like, damn, that's clickbait because I have an (laughs) idea and I want to win $5,000, but I would ignore it. I would like, okay, yada, yada, yada. But I walked past it every single day and it soon started haunting me. And I don't know how to explain it, but I couldn't stop. Like it was almost, it was this feeling that I couldn't resist any longer. It was almost like I had to do this. And I'm not one, to be honest, I'm not one who like knows my intuitive side too well because I feel I'm so indecisive all the time. So it's hard for me to understand what my intuition really seeks. But with this, it was so strong that I was like, you know what? Why don't I just go? Like, I have an idea. I, I should use my resources that I have. There's a reason that this is, like, haunting me in the best way possible. I say haunting, but it's in, it's in a good way. Yeah,
0: my body calls it divine discomfort.
1: Yeah, divine discomfort. Exactly. So I went to this place in the middle of campus that I'd never heard of. And it was called the Zon Innovation Center. Mm-hmm. And I went there, and I was like, look. And I brought, I remember I brought the protein powder box with me. It was empty. I bought it that day. And I was like, look, I have this idea. My restaurant wastes all this food. And I have, people are using these ingredients and I don't know what to do. Can you help me? And she's like, okay, relax, apply. And then if you make it, then we'll move forward from there. So we applied or I applied. And then once I got accepted into the program, um, which took about a week, um, I was like, okay. I knew my strengths. I knew I'm very good at inspiration and getting people excited, but I also know my weaknesses and my weaknesses is execution. I have a thousand ideas a second and it's so hard to actually execute them. So I knew I needed a partner.
0: So you knew this, like you genuinely knew this in that moment.
1: Yeah, it was kind of weird. Like I never thought I was going to have like a co-founder or a co-partner. I'm just
0: like laughing because like (laughs) the similarities in my partnership. Have you read the book Traction?
1: No, you give me talks, so many good books I have to it read. Here I'll
0: go to you. It's um it talks about like the visionary integrator relationship. <gasps> and so I'm guessing Chrissy is fully the integrator, huh? Oh
1: yeah. Oh, okay, this yeah. is
0: so good. Keep going. I just <laughs> no, was no, like, I oh need, this I is I so that. cool to like see it, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, it's uh, so um no, this is actually a quite funny story. So okay, we make it in. And then I was like, okay, well, this is going to happen. We got to do this. And at the time I was still thinking like, no, I want to do a nonprofit. I want to just give back. I just want the whole world to be great. And I still have that mentality. I was not wanting money. Like money was the last thing on my agenda. My focus was getting food waste out of the trash can and getting it into the mouths of the people that need it. So at that time, it was my mind was nonprofit. Anyway, so I pull Chrissy and I call her and I was like, or I texted her. I was like, Chrissy, I have the best idea ever. It's literally going to change your life. You need to meet me at the library at SDSU at three p.m. if you are free today. Like this is a game changer. Like you will you will never live life the same after this. Like trust me, you need to come. Meanwhile, Chrissy's reading this message and she goes, Oh dear Lord, (laughs) she wants me to be in a pyramid scheme. She's going to try and sell me on freaking Herbalife or whatever the next energy drink is. And she's like, okay, I'm going to meet her and I'm just going to hear her out. And I'm going to have to try to convince my friend to get out of this pyramid scheme. So she walks into the library. I see her walking in thinking like, okay, here I am to try and consult. I'm thinking like, you're about to marry me for the next X amount of years to make a business with each other. And here I am. I'm describing to her this business. I just remember the look on her face and she's like so confused. She's like, whoa, whoa, what, what is going on? Um, and I was like, "Dude, like we can create this company. We can, we this nonprofit. We can give back. Every every product we sell, we can give one to the homeless. Like Tom shoes. Like we can do this. It will be the Patagonia food. Like heck yeah. Like blah blah blah." And I know that I'm so inspirational, and I really can talk someone up, and that's I would say my strength. However, I feel like most people in that moment would have just been like, "Heck yeah, let's do it. Like let's do it." But she was so analytical, she was able to be able to sift through my fluff and my bluff, honestly, because a lot of it was bullshit. I had no idea what I was doing. She was able to see through that all and be like, you know what, I'm gonna need time to really create a chart, write the pros and the cons of this. And if I'm gonna commit, I com- when I commit to something, I commit all the way, I don't half ask things. So if I do this, I really need to think about it. In that moment, I swear I knew she was the one for me. Like, I was like, I want you. <laughs> like, I knew because she, if she was able to sit back and be so analytical about that, I was like, she's the person that I need because we need a visionary and you need a ringleader always. Mm-hmm. At the time, I didn't know that, though. I just had this instinct like, mm-hmm. <sighs> come on and then i think two days later or a day later she was like look i meditated i did yoga <laughs> i talked to my boyfriend i did everything and i could not figure out enough cons like all i saw was pros so she's like let's do this wow and that's kind of how it all started
0: no way i okay i love so many things i love about this <laughs> First, it's like you have that like classic visionary like fire mm-hmm. and it's so cool that you have the awareness to like – and even that you had the awareness in that moment to know like you, you're you like I'm really good at this and I suck at this, <laughs> which I think is actually something to me that's like one of the most inspiring things mm-hmm. you said because everyone has – a gift. Like everyone is good at something, and if you don't recognize what you're not good at, then that will be your block. But if yeah. you can be like, oh, this is where I need support, mm-hmm. and that you could see and, and feel like you. It sounds like you are very intuitive. You're like, yep, like you're <laughs> like you're picking up what I'm not putting down. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Thank that you. is so funny to me.
1: Yeah, definitely. I it, love how
0: she did like the pros and cons chart. She literally
1: made a chart.
0: It's <clears throat> so, so this is a little side changer.
1: So we went to a business incubator talk thing and it was saying um, one of the speakers he was saying how it was the relationship between co-founders and mm-hmm. he goes the best co-founders as what he calls them is an idea monkey and a ringleader and he goes you cannot have one without the other and he gave really good concrete examples and he goes for example General Motors right they were obsessive with efficiency right assembly lines streamlining everything to, they were the most efficient streamlined system in for a really long time However, what they failed at and why they did so poorly is that they didn't bring innovation and they couldn't keep up with all the new innovations, the Teslas and the Nissan Leafs and whatever, all those new innovation and ideas. They focused solely on just execution and perfecting that. On the other contrast, if you just have ideas, ideas are nothing until they are executed. So Mm -hmm. he's like trying to find that balance between the two and don't shut down the idea monkey, but don't just focus on execute. Like, how do you find that balance? And that's a dance that every co-founders, all co-founders need to be able to to do well.
0: Yeah, I'm just laughing because like uh, so Taylor's my business partner Mm -hmm. and he's. Like, I, I feel like I'm not a full, like, integrator. Mm. Like, I definitely float, but he's full, vi- like, classic textbook visionary. <laughs> and it's funny because we've been now working together for two years. Mm-hmm. It's like my work husband. Yeah. And, uh, and I know now his pattern. Like, he used to text me in the beginning on, like, a Friday night, like, at, like, nine or 10 o'clock, like, this, like, three paragraph <laughs> thing about is, and I would get, like, stressed. I'm like, dude, like, why are you saying this now? But I know now, like, that's his ideation process. Mm. And it's so important for me to be like, a, supportive sometimes like i'm not gonna respond i'll just respond to tomorrow <laughs> but like that's actually needed for his process and for me i know like his ideation which is so important like you said if we're not driving innovation mm-hmm. it's like it, it really is a dance because you're and something that i sometimes struggle with is part of my brain just wants closure like i want something to just finish mm-hmm. like i have sometimes like this desire for things to fully close Mm -hmm. and things are almost never closing like you have to be okay with them not closing but it's like you said it's this dance between finalizing and and optimizing and improving systems Mm -hmm. while also pushing the envelope looking ahead creating like like being on top of like what's new what's trending here and i think that like duality it's not like it's not you it's not black and white but Mm -hmm. it's such like this ebb and flow that's can't you can't like Put into words, but oh yeah, it's a total
1: dance. Oh yeah, everything you say I resonate with. It's funny because, so it's not always been good, like or always perfect. We've had hard times, and especially that I am, I am your co-founder texting Chrissy at like 1 a.m. Yeah, in the morning I with like pictures so much. and videos, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, we need to implement these like zero waste silicone bags that can do this, and we should blah, 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 like crazy stuff. And it, it, it is like a flow process that if it doesn't go, it, that idea will never come again. It'll just come in because another idea will come in and go mm-hmm. out, and who knows maybe that could be your next best idea however we have kind of a deal we had like um so when times had actually gotten tough christy was like look i feel overwhelmed i feel like you just dump all these ideas and i have to execute them and it's really hard for me because i can't Similar to you, I like to close things, I like to close a deal and I can't, I can't even breathe before you have the next idea to come and it's not fair. And it's really not fair to expect that workload on someone else. Um, so we kind of have like a deal that I can't just throw these ideas at her. I have to like do the first three steps before I give them to her or anything like that. And then on the contrast, I, I would just be, feel like, man, I feel like every idea I have is getting shot down. Like we're not going to execute and grow and have new flavors or anything like that. And so we had an, a, a deal where, No one's allowed to shut down an idea unless you provide an alternative. Like, let's say I throw an idea like, let's do a green tea and flavor and have all the green tea leaves from all the tea breweries and create that, for example. And the team's, let's say the team doesn't want it. The team's not allowed to say, no, we shouldn't do that. They're allowed to be like, okay... Maybe instead of green tea, we do an apple flavor and we take all the ugly apples from bonds, and we do that something instead. So um, it's a, you're not allowed to shut down idea unless you provide an alternative or I'm not allowed to just dump ideas on someone unless I do like the first three steps and like actually do research and see if the idea can actually be implemented. So it's a little balance that we've had to, to find.
0: I love that. And I think it's so important because as you guys work together, like I'm sure there are times where you're going to, I don't want to say butt heads, oh, but for sure, but that it's great that you guys were like conscious enough to be like okay mm-hmm. well here's like and and both sides of you it's like okay I can't reject your idea but you have mm-hmm. to do some of it too um and do you guys get like what's your process for like conscious communication do you guys have like check-ins like what like how did you get to those those Ooh. agreements good question if you even have a process for it
1: I think we, and now that the team's expanded, we have Dakota, who's like one of the core, core people, Lexi, Jordan as well. Um, I think for us, each it's hard because ev- different strokes for different folks. Like everyone communicates Ooh. differently and everyone is more sensitive. Less sensitive people like things straight to the point. Me, I'm a lot more sensitive. You got to be really nice and talk to me and be like, hey, Ray, this is a learning lesson. Like, And so I think we're still learning how to do that. Um, I'm the kind of person, if something if I if I upset you tell me right then and there I need to know I need to fix it right now otherwise I'm going to overanalyze it and be like why is this person upset with me and Chrissy is the kind of person where she needs to cool off and then you talk to her when she's ready so I think what's important is finding people's technique and then creating a plan that way so I don't know if we have an exact plan because every single person's different Dakota likes to communicate differently Jordan likes to communicate differently um, but I think that's something that we still can improve on on how to have those We're, we try to have check-ins but it, it is quite hard because every time we Check in it's like yeah i'm good i'm fine and then it's like straight to the grind right yeah so, but i think making time for that
0: mental space is crucial mm-hmm. and how like how old are you guys
1: um i would say chrissy's our mama so she's 29 oh i, I meant the oh. business oh oh, oh. <laughs> um i was gonna be like i'm 24 dakota's 23 <laughs> um, it's a young company we are actually as of today, September 27th, 2017, we are two years old. No way, happy it's, birthday. Thank you, I mean, well not filed business. I was actually looking at my memories on, you know how iPhone you can search like the exact mm-hmm. day of last year. And we, it's funny, I can show you the photos, but we were in my garage last year, September 27, 2017, in my garage floor, taking rice and quinoa, putting it into those metal trays, grinding them up. At this point, we're like, okay, we'll decide we're gonna be a business. Um, and Christy and I are sitting on my floor, and I have a picture of like my ex boyfriend taking a picture. He's like, "You guys are gonna want this photo in the future." And I just wow. remember like, "Babe, stop! This is so embarrassing! Like, don't take a picture right now." <laughs> and he, I'm so glad he did because um, I just sent it to the team today and I said, "Hey, look! Look where we were wow. ten years ago."
0: So, and so, so you like? I see like the initial stuff, but I think like what. It's it's like, okay, like what were like the next steps? Like you don't have to go super into the weeds, but I'm like, Mm -hmm. what do you do? So like now you got the quinoa stuff, like do you just get like a business license and then like like how do you what are the next things that you guys did?
1: Yeah, so similar to what you had said, knowing your strengths and the weaknesses. So what we focused on, we joined the business incubator, which was San Diego State. Yes, which was crucial. So I think that starting a business. Getting in touch with the resources you have is first and foremost, especially if you have no business background and you're just passionate about an idea. There's, you know, you can go to the city and get like help there. You can get online mentors, Skillshare, like there's tons of things. Mm -hmm. So just utilizing resources, I think, is first and foremost. Second, they literally adopted us what I call startup virgins. Like we were so innocent. We had no idea what we were doing. And then <clears throat> what we really tried to focus on was I focused on recipe development and brand. Chrissy focused on all what I think like the actual hard, hard, hard stuff was cre- creating a roadmap to getting a food license, a food permit, getting being able to sell the food. And all those take months and months. Mm-hmm. So while all of that was getting prepped, I was day in and day out creating recipes and taste testing and taste testing like asking my neighbors to try the cookies asking my friends to try the cookies like every single night i would be baking in our kitchen and i would do it probably after like a 9 p.m when all my roommates would be sleeping so i wasn't disrupting them otherwise they'd probably kick me out and be like great all you're doing is eating in <laughs> the kitchen the whole day you can't be in here um, go to school, and then come back and just bake. So we really divided and conquered. Chrissy did all the permits, legal stuff. She filed at us as a corporation. She got us on a contract, all the things that I still don't know how to do. Mm-hmm. So if I had to do this all over again, I'd be like, uh, I actually don't know how to do that stuff. Yeah. Um, and, sh- and I did recipe development. Finally, um, we got to a point where it was funny because I became such a perfectionist when it comes to the recipe. Cause she's like, okay, great. I got all the permits. We're ready to sell. And I'm like, no, we don't have a recipe that's ready yet. And she's like, we need to sell, like we need, we can't get better unless we sell it. And I'm like, no, I don't want to put it out into the world until it's perfect. And I guess one of the uh, the hardest lessons I think every entrepreneur has is like, when do you actually launch? And when do you keep fixing before you launch? Um, because in my mind, I was like, I don't want to potentially lose customers by them trying a bad product. Because I guess I had this fixed mentality that there's only so many people in the world that if I lose a certain amount of them, they'll never come back, which was so naive at the time. Um, and my mom had reminded me that done is better than perfect because you will never get perfect and the only way to get closer to it is to get it done. And so um, yeah, it was it was actually me and Chrissy's first like forced falling out where I just broke down and I was like, the cookies are good. Or she I, I had a, I had her try it and we were right about to go to this like v- vegan influencer, blogger dinner that they invited us to go to And I was like, hey, this is our moment. we're about to get social media a spotlight and the cookies ended up all becoming burnt and we were late and i was like fucking i was so pissed i was so frustrated and i had Chrissy try it and she was like they're good
0: <laughs> voice goes up like- and
1: i was like they're good They're good. They don't need to be good. They need to be great. And I remember just like throwing the pan on the thing and just being so frustrated. And I just broke down. Like I shattered. I cried. I was like feeling like this wasn't even going to work. And I just was on my kitchen floor, like shaking and just like upset with her. And it wasn't her. I was upset with me. Mm -hmm. I was upset with everything and I was frustrated. And I felt like I was failing as my part where she got all the permits and I can't even get a recipe. And it was because of that break moment where I was like, I need to start all over. Like the last five months, I've been trying to make this recipe out of cooked rice, and it's not working. And what I decided to do was um, this is before what we were trying to do was trying to create a chocolate chip cookie with cooked rice. So I said, okay, why don't we try and create a cookie and then embed rice into it if that makes any sense
0: interesting so you just kind of flipped the the order
1: mm-hmm. and that really just transformed it so i was like okay i'm gonna bake a regular chocolate chip cookie batch a vegan chocolate chip cookies and then i'm gonna see what i could sub in slowly with cookies and i was like flour we're using flour all the time well duh that was the original idea was to turn it into a in my mind it was protein powder but protein powder and flour are essentially the same thing yeah so then it clicked and then from there on we were able to move forward and so once we started selling at the we started selling at farmers markets um and then once you start moving getting a little bit of traction then you can start making other decisions colors fonts names all that type of stuff so it really helped to just get
0: it out into the world so thank you for for sharing that because for me that's like The the classic saying, like, turbulence precedes transformation. Hmm. And I think, like, I'm, like, laughing at just, like, the parallels. So our business, we're, like, uh, Ted and I started working together, like, two years ago. So Mm -hmm. there wasn't a business. We launched, like, an online course in December. So that was, like, their first thing. But I remember launching the online course And I, same thing, like, but I was more on the Chrissy side. So I'm like working all the, like, I'm not a tech guy. Like, it's funny. Everyone in the company like looks at me for tech stuff. I'm like, guys, I, (laughs) like, I'm just the most tech savvy. We're just like a bunch of like, very like, of course we have, we outsource now and whatnot. But like, they rely on me. So in the beginning, it was just me just like. Figuring out how to do this online course mm. since the day of launch, I've been working so hard. And I remember going up to Taylor's room and just, it was like 4 p.m. I'd been working all day and I just started crying because mm. we were supposed to launch that day. And I was like, I'm sorry. Like I let you down. And he would just like gave me a hug. He's like, it's okay. Like, and he's built three businesses and he's mm-hmm. 15 years older. So he was like, it's not a big deal. Just yeah. like go for a surf. I just like, and then everything was okay, but why I shared that is I think there's something about hitting that moment. Like, mm. cause you care and you poured so much sweat and heart and soul into this and then it breaks down. But that breakdown is actually the moment for the breakthrough. Mm-hmm. And like for you, I don't, it's like, I almost think it's a, like a requirement. It's like a prereq. Yeah. Like, you hit that moment and it's like the universe is like testing you, but also saying you have to break in order for me to show you like the light mm-hmm. or whatever it is that like alternative opportunity. Oh, Oof. Yeah. So good. Oh, but it's so it's so crazy the parallels. Okay, I have so many questions, but I do want to take it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, and anyone who doesn't follow you on Instagram, what's your Instagram handle? Soul.much. And your personal one?
1: Rayanne Mustafa.
0: Okay, because your personal one, I was looking at all your stuff before this, <sighs> and I'm just like really inspired by uh, just like your your mindset with like sustainability. So when when did that start?
1: Thank you, I appreciate that. Um, I think it's you know I've been asked that quite a bit, and I actually don't know the answer to that. And um, it sounds gonna sound so cheesy, but it started in like the fourth grade when I saw a picture of a polar bear on like floating on thin ice, and I just remember like in that moment I was always just like turn off the lights, like da, 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 do this and that. Um, but I think with food in specific, because that's what like was the biggest trigger point for me was mm-hmm. food waste. Um, like sustainability I'm super into, but I think food waste is like what I'm most passionate about. I grew up with a single mom who had worked really hard to ensure that we had enough food on our plates. And we, my family was on food stamps and so we had just enough food to get by. So growing up, the idea of wasting food was completely unimaginable. Fast forward to when I moved to San Diego, I moved to college. Where were you first? Orange or County.
0: You okay, gotcha.
1: Fast forward moving to San Diego, I got a job at the restaurant industry as a server. Seeing the amount of food being wasted was unfathomable. And I never worked in the restaurant industry before. I totally lied on to my application. I was like, yeah, I've been a server before. I totally. No, never have. And so I think just... A lot of people in the service industry are now desensitized to the amount of food being wasted. You talk to anyone in the restaurant industry, anyone who's listening is like, oh, yeah, I've worked. It's so everyone we waste so much food. But because I never worked in the restaurant industry before and I had come from such a contrast of background to begin with, I think that that is what sparked the food waste ignite. Ign- I guess fire within me was like okay, we cannot keep wasting. It almost it was like this is a crime. Like it was, Mm -hmm. it was something I I could relate. Not that I was ever homeless. Like luckily, I've always been like had food, but I think that that had me a lot more empathetic towards those who are. Um, And then. Yeah, I guess I've just been food has just been played such a major role in my life because I come from a Middle Eastern background. So my family's Syrian. So food is our love language, as it is for most like, I guess, immigrants here, Mexican, Middle Eastern. Um, This way that my mom would show us our love is that she would cook for us. Mm -hmm. And so it's I think that's translated a lot to why I picked nutrition as a field of study, why I am in the food business, why I wanted to work at a restaurant. Right. So it kind of all you can't get to the one without the one before. And Mm -hmm. I didn't know that at the time. So
0: interesting. And are you first generation American?
1: First generation American.
0: Wow. Mm -hmm. Super cool. Yeah. Yeah. You have that, like they call uh, the immigrant hustle. (sighs) I have a buddy who's like writing a book called why immigrants win. And I I just find it fascinating. Yeah. I need to read that. Yeah. So what are like three things or maybe one thing, like what are, what are things that we can do to eliminate food waste?
1: Um, I would say first and foremost is growing, getting passionate about why you should save food waste. So you, I think the why is the mover for everything. So you can, you know, have all these practices, maybe practice them for a month and then, you kind of feel like "Eh," you're not super passionate about it anymore because that happens to me. So I need to constantly remind myself of why we're doing this. So I think watching documentaries, watching YouTube videos, just educating yourself in the topic of why the importance of food waste is important, sustainability in general, I think we all kind of know that now. Um, But I would say one specific thing would be um kind of I've been liking to I don't composting is really hard for people to do who are not used to composting um but it is really interesting to see what you can do with all your food scraps so something as simple as like the stems of the broccoli and like chopping that up and putting it in a saute or taking you know the stems of the carrots and putting that in boiling water and creating vegetable broth or something like that I think those are the small things that we can do that really make you feel good and, mm-hmm. and kind of just like oh this is kind of this is kind of cool look what i did i innovated this way um so i would say first and foremost though would be just to get educated on the importance of it and i swear you watch a few youtube videos about food waste and then all of a sudden your algorithm is going to be all about like food waste tips yeah and there's like tons of bloggers out there who have done such an amazing job showing people and you can always eat so much cookies make a self-plug shameless self-plug there because every cookie you eat reduces food waste yep and you guys
0: have <laughs> saved now over 7,000 pounds, right?
1: Mm-hmm. We're close to 10,000 now.
0: That is unbelievable. Yeah. I think it's like, of course, I love, um, like, the, the cookies are like legitimately fucking good. Like, Thank I'm not you. just like saying that because you're in front of me no. to make me feel good. Like, they're actually really good. And I know for me, like, when I found out about like what you guys were doing, and it also like resonated with me because I used to work at Searsucker, and that was where, mm. I mean, I worked in a few restaurants before there, but that was when I was like, oh, and it was like, people would like order these. <laughs> like i was fully that guy like if someone took three bites i would eat their food like i don't oh. care about germs Me too. i would just be like dude this is like a really nice meal like you're not gonna eat all these brussels sprouts or whatever i just like go to town i
1: would too.
0: but um well i got sidetracked when i was saying that Food oh waste. yeah so the food waste um i still got sidetracked i don't know where i was going with that
1: no it's hard when you're in the restaurant industry people see it oh yeah sure.
0: and but i i guess it was like i don't even it was like frustrating but it's almost like this is where the thing you said in the beginning in the interview like really caught me is like you're you're like the person that the world is waiting for. And mm-hmm. that's like a real mind switch because I think it's easy to look at the world and be like, oh, like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos mm-hmm. are going to figure it out. And there are so many problems. And within a problem, you could reframe that as like an opportunity because I just remember it's serious. Like I had the same thing. I would have never thought to reuse it all, but I was always like, all this food is being cooked and like just getting thrown out it is bananas Mm -hmm. but i think what what is interesting for me though is like why why like the the magnitude of that feeling inside you that Mm. that determines you to act and how to leverage that feeling because i think if you don't act on that feeling at some point it does just fade you know like what's your what are your thoughts on like when someone acts versus not
1: great question yeah um Ooh, that's a really good question. (laughs) Yeah, how do you leverage that feeling? Um, I think taking small initiatives, and I'll give you an example, like not ignoring that because with so much, there was a time where we did, like I would ignore it. I would just watch my chef throw it away because I couldn't come up with a solution quite yet. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. And then it wasn't until I watched a video where I was like, oh, I'm inspired again. Um, But I think a good idea is small actions will get you to the big picture will get you to the big solution because something as simple as working at true food we do straws upon request but we still have tons of straws and they're compostable but they're only industrial compostable and there's no industrial composters in california so it ends up being landfill something i implemented last week i was like i'm so sick of seeing this and i still work at the restaurant one or two days a week and i have I set a little camber, like a little container right in the side and I put on a a Sharpie. I said, please put all used straws here. And the busters were like, Ray, you want us to put people's used straws in this bucket instead of the trash? And I was like, yeah, I'm trying to do an art project and I really wanna, you know, I was gonna do something on my surfboard and do something like that. The reality is I really was gonna spread awareness. I was gonna be able to look how many straws we use in just a six hour shift and show people. Um, So I think small little actions like that, it doesn't have to be a big thing. Just taking that initial step, the feeling of doing something is so powerful. It's almost addictive. Like the moments that you feel that you are creating a difference, you won't want to stop. So it's just taking that first initial step. And that's what differentiates doers and people that don't follow their dreams, like people that do and don't. So, um, and people who don't know where to start, I would say just. Um, it doesn't have to be big, you don't have to know what your, really good advice is don't fall in love with your solution, fall in love with your problem. So fall in love with trying to solve what you're trying to solve, and it's going to pivot and change in a thousand different ways. But as long as you're still trying to solve that core thing, whether we're trying to make a protein powder to begin with, or a nonprofit, or now a cookie company, at the end of the day, it's still solving the food waste problem, Um so, yeah, I guess I, I don't know if that was ex- exactly answering your question. I don't know if I have the answer to how to leverage that initial like spark and fire that you have within yourself. But I would say just taking those first initial steps, even if they're micro and they might seem so small, it will be um it'll be powerful and it will make a difference.
0: Yeah. I mean, that resonates so much with me because it's it's kind of like this thing where you don't always get momentum Mm -hmm. until you like take that first step. And it's not having the expectation that that first step will give it to you, but it's like just like follow that feeling. And like through doing that, it doesn't have to be this Mm grandiose thing, but like that can like evolve and pivot, like you said, into its own thing. Yeah.
1: Follow that feeling.
0: I like that. So I have a question for you. What's up? You're 24. You Mm -hmm. said you've started this business. You're also like super into uh, like surfing and climbing. How do you, how do you
1: like balance your life? (laughs) Oh, I don't know if there is a balance, to be honest. I don't know. I think, again, still trying to figure that out. Um, There's moments where I feel I almost, I'll be honest, like I'm like, man, I wish I can just be a normal 24-year-old. Like I wish I could just be normal. And I feel like this weight on myself, but I put that weight on myself. I can't cry myself a river, right? I I did it to myself. So, um, but I think, I, I mean, I'm reading the Let My People Go Surfing book from Patagonia. And something that I really resonated with the book was it's like, creating that life balance like there's no there's no hard line like life and work should all be one kind of and it should be fun and it should be something where you're excited to go to work every day um but i do say the moment when i do incorporate more surfing or even when i go climbing or slacklining or just hanging out with friends i'm a lot more productive and happy and i think for the longest time i started for the first year and a half probably of the company I think I was losing my own soul because that's all I was doing was the company and I was losing the parts of who made me what I was and what got me excited and being the visionary. I think it is really important that like, at least this is how I get recharged is by doing those things where I'm like, Oh, I have an idea. I saw someone's Mm -hmm. surfboard is this and now I have an idea to do something like that. Um, so uh, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but I think that it's kind of funny because it's almost when you have more things to do, you manage your time better, at least that's what I've noticed. It's 100% like, for me too. if anyone's been in college and they've had more units and a part-time job and they've been in a few clubs, like usually you manage your time a lot better. So it's almost like when I have no, nothing to do and I'm really leisure, I'm almost like, ah, oh, I can take it easy, be a little more lazy. So I feel like it almost gives me r- reason to be more initiative. but don't get me wrong. Like there's still days where a day, some days I, I just, I'm so, I just don't do anything cause I'm so paralyzed, I'm so tired. So it's not always like, we're not always, like, little Energizer bunnies all the time, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. And I asked too, because I'm, like, I don't know that many people, because I'm, I'm about to be 23,
1: mm-hmm. who are, like,
0: you know, starting something and, like, that's your thing. But you also, like, I love surfing. And mm-hmm. I feel like it is a balance. But, like, there's days, like, like right now, like, the, what I'm feeling is I'm, like, fuck, I just want to, like, let go. It's mm-hmm. just, like, I'm tired. And it's funny. I And it's, like, I remind myself, like, I chose this path. And, like, mm-hmm. it does fulfill me. But sometimes I'm just like, oh, it's like this feeling of just really just like wanting no responsibility, mm-hmm. which I know isn't what I actually want. Like what I want is that feeling of just like flow mm-hmm. of just like being so, cause I'm always like in that like masculine not always, Yeah, it's like a lot. I'm in that masculine, like thinking, 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 thinking. And I think I, what I seek is just like that complete other side of just mm-hmm. like complete surrender and flow and just enjoying it. But yeah, yeah, sometimes I'm just like, I just want to fucking cry. And, mm-hmm. and just Neither like, should. you know, I, I do. I sometimes yeah. do. Yeah.
1: The bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. Mm-hmm. And it's something someone reminded me is like build something now that you could build something that outlives you basically. And something, you know, we, we're we working hard now, hopefully to be able to have a little bit more freedom in the future, which I hate that. I hate that. But I also do believe in it in a way because it's like, at the end of the day if you're doing something good it's it's worth fighting for it 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 really is but don't i mean lose your own health over it totally still surf surf every day surf (laughs) and i
0: still surf every day that's the funny thing you said it's like putting those things and i'm like yep surfing Mm -hmm. is a requirement for me because it it same thing it like increases my vibe it allows Mm -hmm. me to do the other things for sure um so you just got back from london Mm -hmm. can you tell us about what that experience was like
1: yeah so that was it was really cool so it's we were Selected one out of 40 teams from around the world that are solving pressing social and environmental issues, all coming together to get this live in a castle for five weeks. I know, literally crazy. They like, we lived in a castle in London and they, I mean, they fed us, they did our laundry, they even folded our, like, matched our socks. We don't even, I don't even match my <laughs> socks. I know about you, but I don't. So it was quite nice. But what was really, you know, cool about that experience was just seeing the amount of change-makers from around the world that are trying to solve pressing, And you and I were talking about, man, sometimes we just wish we were normal, like 20-year-olds, I can relax, but there's people all around the world that are doing the same thing that Mm -hmm. we're doing, and it was so refreshing to see that. And I learned about, you know, the unemployment in Palestine. I learned about the e-waste in Africa. I learned about the indigenous tribes in Mexico, like all these things that people are trying to solve. It was so incredible. And then it was cool because just being in that workspace where we each got our own little office, which was cool. And you see like Team Mexico, they're called Rutopia. Like they're like in there grinding till like 3, 4 a.m. Because Mexico people are up at this time and they're working with them. And then you see the team from, you know, Africa like going full on and like working super hard trying to get there. And that environment was so validating to know like okay we're not the only crazy yeah. ones. Like the startup the start life is a hustle as as you know. And so it was cool to see not only people from our own region, but people all around the world. So that was incredible. And man, people they they know how to have a good time. Let me tell you it was really fun. It was that is awesome. There there's Arabic music, there was African music, there was reggaeton, there was all the good stuff. So it wow. was fun. Yeah.
0: And so like from the business perspective, I'm curious like what's like the what's the biggest thing you took away?
1: That if companies now, if every, I would say the basic takeaway would, if every company now moving forward, if it doesn't have, if it's not solving an issue for a greater cause in terms of sustainability or social, it, there's no need for it in the world. Like if it's just a useless company, we don't need it. And I think that was the biggest takeaway is like only create companies now if it's going to create a bigger impact. And maybe that's an extremist view, but that's something that I personally took away.
0: Oh, I love that. And you guys are the epitome. I was listening to a podcast with this guy. It was called like the Soul of Persuasion. Mm -hmm. And he does a lot of things with brands. Uh, It was on Aubrey Marcus's podcast. I forget the guest's name. Jason Cap or Jason something. But he was talking about like if you don't have a mission and a purpose, like people will not buy from you, mm-hmm. which to me is like the greatest thing ever. Cause we grew up in this world where like, it seems like everyone has a purpose, course, but yeah. that like, wasn't a thing 30 mm-hmm. years ago. And it's just inspiring to know. And like, that's the thing for me that like drives me. Like I'm not even on the client side. Like I don't even know some of our clients. And then it, again, for me, like I'm like, okay, like what inspires me? It's like, Like, actually watching our clients' TED Talks and like, Mm. I'm like, oh yeah, or like seeing the emails they get or like the speaking gigs. It's like, oh yeah, but it's, it's sometimes it's easy to get like distracted. And and I think you're right. When you get in touch with that, like, that's where you can create something beautiful because that feeling is, it's kind of infinite. Like, that why is not finite where you're not going to run out of gas if it like truly lights you guys up. Yeah, for sure. So, so who, if there was someone, or someone who currently like inspires you?
1: Oh, so many people. I mean, right now founder Patagonia is like all I can think about because to me, I just, I don't know, I have a vision of us being like the Patagonia food and I really truly stand behind that. And you know, we have a goal in our kitchen that says like 1 million to save 1 million pounds. Um, But then once you get to 1 million, okay, then add two more zeros to that, 100 million. and I just think that it was so revolutionary the way he was such a rule breaker. And I love that <laughs> because I can relate to him quite a bit on that. And um, he's a visionary too. I would say also the founder of Chobani, the Greek yogurt, even though I don't advocate for animal products at all, him as a person and as an individual and the way that he built his company is so people forward where it was, it's just so inspiring to see how he... He's similar with Patagonia's vision, I would say more on the social responsibility than environmental, but um, I would say those two are like some of my biggest role models for sure. And my mom. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My mom. She's the one who came up with the idea of cookies
0: too. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And and it is cool because I love how you guys are, it's like, to me, I'm like, I'm obsessed with the cookies. And that's like a fraction of why I love and believe in your guys' message and mission is like you're... Solving something that I remember feeling at Searshocker. Soccer, like I literally mm. remember, like how is this all going to waste? Is there anyone else who's doing anything similar?
1: Yeah, so there, it's beautiful right now. The Food upcyc- I mean upcycling in general is becoming a huge thing, but food specifically. Um, there's a company that's taking like spent grain and making like pizza and pretzels from it. There's a company taking juice pulp, making granola out of it. There's people taking, you know, mushrooms, all these types of stuff. So what's beautiful though, is that we don't really see these other companies and I'm not just saying this just to say this, but really like we don't really see these other companies as competition because we're all players working within the same ecosystem, working towards a common goal. and there is plenty of food waste to go around. Like we can't even like at our, our level, we can't even rescue all of it within San Diego, let alone like the, you know, the pull pantry girl. She's doing it in, you know, Los Angeles. The, The brewery guys are doing it in San Francisco. And like, there's still so much food to go around. So it's like, let's join together. Like, let's try and, you know, combat this all together. So, um, but I will say there's no exact playbook for this type of business, which makes it so challenging because Right, you want to open up a coffee shop, okay? There's tons of resources out there. You want to open up a retail clothing line, tons of resources out there. But, like a food, a restaurant, food waste, upcycling company, there's not that many resources out there. So, I would say that's probably one of our biggest challenges as this. And the fact that we don't have business experience to back that up is like, woo, but that challenge is exciting.
0: Yeah. And you, you mentioned something in the beginning here where, like, you're like, I had no food experience. And to me, that's like an asset. And I think sometimes Mm. we all like look at, we compare ourselves to other people and we're like, oh, but like they have this or that, but like novelty, let's not forget like how novelty can actually be your biggest asset. Mm. You didn't know, like other people, food waste, like, oh, that's normal. You're like, what is going on? Because you didn't have that experience. And so that's actually what like gave you leverage. And to me, I see you guys, I'm like, you have this like innovative drive because, because you're not like. You didn't come from this like suit and tie like mm. business. You guys are like, you know, at least for years, just like this creative and you're Thank passionate you. about, you know, the environment and all these different things. And like that's to me your asset like from this third pic- third party picture where of course i don't know the weeds but to me that's like it's always inspiring to like remember that
1: thank you i really appreciate that yeah it definitely takes a village right like if if it was not for the people like you customers coming in day in and day out and supporting and buying and and word of mouth or letting us be on your podcast like if it wasn't for that it it wouldn't grow like a movement is only movement because of the people in it so i thank you and i think everybody else that's made this possible and i'm not trying to make it sound like a grammy speech award but like (laughs) really really like it it, uh, that is one of the someone asked what's the biggest lesson you've learned in business is that it takes a village like it Mm. takes a tribe of people to make it happen um so yeah and that's what's so cool is being able to be a part of that village is i i feel i count my blessings every day because that is what that's what's so incredible it feels so good to be a part of that
0: Amen. Mm-hmm. And what would you tell someone who's listening, who maybe they they don't have this like clear sense of purpose, or they've oh, they 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 want to start something, whether it's a business or just be a part of something, but they feel like lost or confused? What would you tell that person?
1: Um, I guess I would say, I mean, if some someone who's trying to start a business or lost purpose, I would say if something's drawing you in a certain direction, something's pulling you, really pay attention to that. Um, because those kind of what we talked about, follow the feeling, um, you know, don't let, don't subside that because you could be doing not only yourself the biggest shame, but humanity the biggest mm-hmm. shame, right? Like if, again, going back to Patagonia, but like if he didn't actually listen to that feeling that he was having, we wouldn't have the stewardship of one of the best companies in the world today, right? So um, I think that, listening to that and then also you know i don't think that everyone needs to start their own business actually i think it's quite challenging and i don't advocate everyone to do it um but i do advocate people getting involved with a movement right like i think that there's so many space for people to get involved if there's a certain avenue like let's say you're really into soil you know you really Mm -hmm. dig in soil dig in soil Um, (laughs) that was good but and you know like join a something people who are working with soil you know something in that realm so maybe finding you, like I said you can't get to the one without the one before so really digging yourself deep into something that's pulling you and then finding out maybe stepping your toes into a few things and a few avenues and seeing where you can be of best help and finding your strengths and how and leveraging those
0: amazing yeah i think that feeling can't be um overemphasized enough mm-hmm. and the also why i say that is because it's not it's a feeling so you can't like articulate quantify it, or yeah. quantify it but it's just like if something makes you feel uncomfortable or sad mm-hmm. because of like it's like hurting someone or something like feel that feeling yeah. and like feel the fuck mm-hmm. out of that sadness mm-hmm. or that pain because that is the feeling th- through which you know if you lean into that like that will create something beautiful yeah, yeah. I love that. and so before I ask you the last question where can people find you? Where can they find soul Much? How can yes, they get involved?
1: Yes, please. Okay, so you can, Instagram is our best social media platform. Um, so it'd be soul.much at Instagram or my personal one, Rayanne Mustafa, if you want to learn about zero waste tips. I'm really into that right now. They're it's, incredible, guys. Seriously. <laughs> made my own DIY deodorant from a YouTube video. Me and my roommate, it was. it's like the best, de- or not deodorant, detergent. But we did do a deodorant as well. But um and then we are at the local farmers markets here in San Diego on Wednesdays in Ocean Beach, Hillcrest and Lucadia on Sundays, and then right now online we're selling online as well. So it's a fun one. But really right now we're trying to focus on um so this is more business terms, but um finding our blue ocean if you've heard that term Mm -hmm. and right now we don't want to be on the stores of every sprouts or whole foods maybe not right now right because there's so many people fighting for that space really trying to find our blue ocean and find an avenue where people are not targeting so we're really trying to focus more b2b like business directly to businesses so our goal is to target alaska airlines right like they're trying to brand themselves as the most sustainable airline oh that's brilliant what if they get a you know, Much cookie on every single one of their flights, they could then say that in 2020, they've saved, you know, a million pounds of food by partnering with Much. saved X thousand million gallons of water, X metric tons of methane from being in the atmosphere. They could then embed that within their sustainability reports and they could market that and they could use however they want to wish, tax write-off, however they choose. So that's really what we're trying to focus on now. And so it's, it's interesting because we hit a plateau in the company, which has been challenging for us to overcome we're still in that stage of overcoming that right now but right now we're really trying to focus on targeting to businesses so shout out if anyone knows any businesses please please (laughs) yeah anyone
0: knows the CEO of Alaskan Airlines (laughs)
1: yes please reach out yeah so yeah that's how you can contact us
0: sweet Mm -hmm. sweet well first I just want to acknowledge you um like seriously you're just the energy in this conversation like I can like I could see it Um, I feel like there's authenticity yes you're on Instagram it's a screen but you can like feel when someone's Mm -hmm. authentic and you're so authentic you're so passionate about what you're doing and it it, like it makes me invigorated and fired up to like do and lean into the things I'm Mm -hmm. passionate about so just thank you for what you're doing like genuinely it's it's incredible
1: thank you I mean it takes one to know one so I appreciate the
0: love and final question is what are you most excited about right now
1: business or life
0: can be either why don't you do business then life?
1: Oh, mm, I'm so excited about so many things. Um, I got asked to do a public speech and be a keynote speaker. This is personal, this is my life. and. Being a public speaker is something I've always wanted to do. So that was pretty exciting. It's like I'm like, wow, I've always heard people like, oh, if you manifest it, it actually happens. But like I'm like, wow, this that manifesting thing's actually kind of real. Like it's yeah. actually happening. Um, so that was really exciting. Um, and then with the business, I would say. Hmm we i mean this a super short term but we just launched um we just got a partnership with evolution plant power to like sell our cookies there today so that was kind of cool
0: heck yeah um, so
1: that was like short term but i'm pretty pretty excited about that so that was pretty cool
0: cool yeah well thank you that was so much fun thank you i hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as i did i was so inspired by Rayan's story and just all of the elements to it from start to finish of actually creating something and going you know, into the details of like where that spark came from. Um, anyways, if you liked the episode, if you found value from it, please make sure to message her. She's on Instagram. It's all linked here in the show notes. Let me know what you found valuable. I always love hearing your feedback. And if this is all resonating with you, it would mean so much to me if you left a review on iTunes or wherever you're tuning in. So thank you so much. And if you want to be in tune and stay updated with all future episodes. Make sure you subscribe. And thank you again for tuning in to today's episode.